He is a good God. Amen. We're going to read tonight out of the book of Psalm, chapter number 1. I was going to preach this, I think it was two Sunday nights ago. I didn't get to preach that night. Those aren't real common occurrences, it just seems to me, and it's not because we don't worship. I just think we live in an hour where God knows how desperately we need to hear the word of the Lord. Sometimes the Lord just wants to pour us full, and that was one of those nights, and uh, I didn't get to preach it, so i just been simmering, letting it simmer. You know how when you got the food ready and the people you've cooked it for ain't there yet, and you just push it to the back burner and put it on, put it on low. <laughs> it's been simmering. So uh, I've been itching to preach it, so I pray the Lord to help us tonight. Psalms chapter number one, beginning with verse number one, blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate day and night. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. Amen. Verse number one starts out, blessed is the man. And I want to preach on the blessed man. Amen. Don't you want to leave here blessed tonight? The blessed man. Father, we thank you for your word tonight. I pray again, Lord, that you'll just anoint us, equip us, enable us, oh, with your uh, grace that we call the anointing to preach what you've given us for this service tonight. Anoint every ear to hear it, every heart to receive it. God, meet us in this altar when we come and pray. God, let us leave here like the scripture says, blessed. We thank you for what you're going to do. We ask it together in Christ's name. If you love the Lord, would you say amen? Amen. 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 I do want you to understand that when the Bible addresses man in the scripture, that's used in a general sense to all mankind, which includes both genders, man and woman. You could equally... Uh, without taking away from the scripture, blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly. And you could say that if a woman walked not in the counsel of the ungodly, that she would equally be as blessed. Wouldn't you agree with that? I just felt impressed uh, that God wanted us to, uh, to, to preach on the blessed man. But in doing so, I want you to be reminded it is not only a man's. Message. The first portion of our text describes to us in detail that the blessed man is a holy man. Amen. Amen. The blessed man is a holy man. And the word blessed in the Hebrew there means to be delightfully happy. Amen. To be delighted, to be joyful. Holiness then can be equated uh, unto delight, unto joy, and unto happiness. If that's not what your brand of holiness makes you, amen, if I are you, I'd change brands. Yeah. Come on. Amen. Say it. Yeah. 
There's some brands I don't like. Yeah. <laughs> some brands stand for the wrong thing. You know, there's a ketchup. They make ketchup, mustard, and everything. I didn't know it till uh, I forget what that guy, he's a, he's oh, I don't even know what he's over now, uh, Kerry. He's over something under Biden's administration. But John Kerry's wife, she was the heiress to the Heinz Corporation. They're German. I didn't know until John Kerry ran against George Bush that they don't have one single company in all of America. Not one. Because she hates America. <laughs> Made it painfully and obviously clear when John Kerry had nothing good to say about this country. And I thought, well, just get out. And I said, I'm glad I discovered who this Heinz lady is so that I never buy Heinz ketchup or mustard or anything else that they make again. And so some brands I just don't like. I don't like a mean brand of holiness. I'm holy and everybody that ain't like me, I'm just going to beat them up. I don't like that because that's not the brand the holy Jesus was. He was a friend to sinners. He ate with tax collectors and publicans. There was never a man who ever walked on planet earth more holy than Jesus Christ. And he was not so holy that he couldn't stop and save Mary Magdalene out of whom he cast seven devils. He was not so holy that he was so holy he couldn't have a, a, a tax collector, a publican, as a disciple. He just walked by the receipt of customs, uh, Peter, James, and John being good Jewish men who, who were students of the law, while they, even though they were ignorant and unlearned and lowly fishermen, they would not have spit on Matthew if he was on fire. Do you understand what I'm telling you? They were Jews, and he was a no good, low down, dirty, rotten, backstabbing publican. And Jesus walked by Matthew and said, come on, follow me. I don't care if the rest of these boys don't like you or not. I came for you. <laughs> Hallelujah. Blessed is the man who walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, uh, uh, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. Delighted, joyful, and blissfully happy is that man. Uh, ho the holy man is separated from the ungodly, from the sinners, uh, and from the scornful. And if you'll separate yourself from that kind of life, uh, you'll find out this is actually a good life. Yes, sir. This is actually a blessed life. I actually enjoy living for God. Yes. Woo! Somebody said, you people must be miserable. All y'all do is go to church. Come on. Amen. Amen. Not miserable, honey. I am utterly happy. I'm glutton for punishment. Yeah. I love preaching. I love to worship. 
I love to pray. I just love being around God's people. It's not a boredom. It's not a, a drudgery. Nobody made me come tonight. Uh, I'm not doing anybody a favor by being here. I wanted to be here because I love this. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. I love this. Uh, will there be any miserable people in heaven? I think not. Amen. Amen. Holiness uh, will be our essence uh, in the celestial city of God as we are made like him. Holiness will be bliss, and it'll be bliss then, and if we would walk with God now, while we're on earth, we'll find that holiness is blissful here also. He said in Leviticus 11 and 44, I am the Lord your God. Ye shall therefore sanctify yourselves, and ye shall be holy, for I and holy. Hebrews 12 and 14 follow peace with all men and holiness uh, without which no man shall see the Lord. And then in 2 Corinthians chapter 6 uh, in verses 14 through 18, be not unequally yoked together with unbelievers for what fellowship hath righteousness with unrighteousness and what communion hath light with darkness and what concord hath Christ with Belial or what part hath he that believeth with an infidel and what agreement uh, hath the temple of God with idols for ye are the temple of the living God. As God has said, I will dwell in them and walk in them. I will be their God and they shall be my people. Wherefore, come out from among them and be a separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing and I will receive you and be a father unto you and ye shall be my sons and daughters, saith the, the Lord Almighty. Again, our text said that the blessed man delights in this hole in this way. He said in Psalms 37 verses 3 and 4, Trust in the Lord and do good, so shalt thou dwell in the land, and verily thou shalt be fed. Delight thyself also in the Lord, and he shall give thee the desires of thine heart. Amen. The Lord is my delight. The Lord is my desire. You know when God becomes your delight, you're not asking him for a Rolex watch anymore. When God becomes your delight, you become a little less concerned about climbing the ladder on the job and I need more money so I can have more stuff. When God becomes your delight, you become more interested in spiritual things. To the spiritual man, all things are spiritual. Just like he said to the pure, all things are pure in his mind. He's thinking on God. In his heart, he's desiring God. With all of his free time, he's seeking after God. And a blessing to him is the baptism of the Holy Ghost. I've lived long enough to know you can brush your teeth with a stick in Africa. You can live in a mud hut on the other side of the world. I've been in a congregation that was so poor. They were dying of malnutrition. The children were bloated from hunger pains. They ate dirt when they had nothing else to eat. Oh, but when you sang the songs of Zion, when you preached the word of God, a smile come across there. They're never going to have money, but they 
can have joy. They're never going to live in a mansion down here, but they got hope of living in one over there. They don't know anything that you and I would have. They're never going to Disney World. They're never going to get to go to a ball game and eat a hot dog or a box of popcorn. But if you put them in one of those little huts with a grass thatch roof and open up a Bible and get to preaching to them who Jesus is, they'll dance. They dance along that the grass is wore off the ground and a dust cloud come up. I watched them worship and dance around until a dust cloud came up and we were all caught in dust. People that had no reason being happy except they were delighted to know who Jesus is. Delighted to be born again. Thank God their name was in the book of life. Oh, when he's your delight, I'm telling you, what a blessed life this is. A holiness man to me is a happy man. Yes, sir. Our text also describes to us that the blessed man is not only a holy man. And look, I got friends that are sinners. Right. They just don't travel all over the country with me, right. hang out with me in camp meetings and revivals. and They're not here tonight. The best you know, most likely they won't be here Sunday unless God gets a hold of their heart and deals with them because this ain't where they want to be. But I got friends that are sinners and they know they're my friend and they know I love them. And they're my friend and they also know I ain't hanging out with them at the bar either. I'm not going to go to a party with them. I'm not going to chase women with them. I'm not going to do drugs with them. But they know they're my friend and that I love them. But the Bible said a blessed man is not walking in the counsel of the ungodly. Yeah. I'm going to have godly friends. Yes, Why? Because the things you love, people that love those same things in common are the people that are going to be drawn to you. Not walking in the counsel of the ungodly. I'm not standing in the way of sinners. And I'm not sitting in the seat of the scornful. But not only is a blessed man a holy man, a blessed man is a strong man. Amen. Amen. Strong man. Powerful man. God's people are not wimps. God's people are not uh, sissies. They're not cowards. They don't back up. They don't back down. They don't understand what my God I'm feeling. They don't know what it is to retreat. I'm on my way to a city whose builder and maker is the Lord. This world, evil men are waxing worse. They're deceiving and being deceived. They're waxing worse and worse. The world's not getting any better. It seems to be getting worse tonight. But I ain't backing up, honey. My hope is not diminished by what I see happening around me. It's, a, it's been a mess for the last two plus years trying to pastor through this COVID junk uh, with all the mandates they gave uh, people. The government did gave people seemingly a legitimate excuse 
not to come, not to show up. And who can blame them is public safety, public concern, public health. I don't blame anybody. But if I were so concerned about my health that I wouldn't go to church, you wouldn't see me in Walmart either, honey. If I was so concerned that I was going to get sick from being around anybody, you wouldn't catch me in the Longhorn either. If I was so sick or, or so worried about being sick, uh, I'd probably tell them I'm going to have to work from home. I just ain't going to be able to take the risk uh, to show up and come to work. Uh, but they're still going to work. Uh, you'll bump into them at Walmart uh, and you'll see them eating a steak. Uh, at the Longhorns. Uh, but you understand, uh, if we go to church, uh, we just run the risk of catching that COVID. That's the way it is. It's a hard thing for a pastor to have to pastor through that. Have to encourage himself uh, in the Lord. The Bible said David encouraged himself uh, in the Lord. Sometimes you just have to pray through. You just got to encourage. You can't disparage somebody that tells you they can't come because uh, they're worried about getting sick. You can't badmouth that. Uh, you can't disparage that. Uh, but it sure ain't encouraging, honey. It sure don't uh, just put wind in your sails either. What do you do? You just make an altar and you do what you always did. You just pray through. God's still God. He's going to be God in the last of the last days. One day somebody will preach the last message. One day somebody will sing the last song. One day the last altar call is going to be given. And whenever that day comes, uh, there's going to be somebody that preached under the anointing. Somebody will have shouted a victory while their church worshiped God. Somebody would have been full of the Holy Ghost uh, and shouting victory and praise to God when the altar call is given. You want to know what kind of people? Strong people. Be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. People full of God. Yeah. Amen. He said, where'd you get that from? In that text. He, his delight is in the law of the Lord. In his law doth he meditate day and night. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water. A tree whose roots run deep. Who reach down underneath the soil. Stretch over toward the bank of that river and tap into that river. Not going anywhere. Trees that have been there a long time. Amen. Its strength lies in the life that is in that river. A strong tree with a deep root system that doesn't fade, he said, doesn't wither and does not die. Likewise, the blessed man's strength lies within his being filled with God's river. That river being the Holy Ghost. John 7 and 37, the last day, the great day of the feast, Jesus 
stood and cried, saying, If any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. He that believeth on me, as the scripture said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. This spake he of the Spirit, which they that believe on him should receive. Ephesians 6 and 10, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand in the evil day. Hallelujah! The church is going to stand when the Democrats wilt. The church is going to stand when the Republicans change like a lizard. Oh, the, the church is going to stand in the wicked day. How do you know? Because the church is strong. Somebody said, what church you belong to? The only one that is. I'm not down on the church. I don't have my eyes over here and over there and everywhere. I got my eyes on the church in this book. Got his root system tapped into a river. It's flowing. It's moving. It's working. It's strong. It's alive. Leaf don't wither. Hallelujah. I get them. They're coming to the Gulf on vacation. They're looking for a church. Somebody recommend this one. They shake my hand on the way out and said, you realize I ain't heard preaching like that since I was a little boy. Oh, do you realize I hadn't heard preaching? I heard one guy, he didn't tell that to me as a compliment, but he's telling it to me to let me know how backwards and old-fashioned I was. Enjoyed that message. I ain't heard nobody preach like you since my old grandpa. And he's been gone a long time. All I just said was thanks for the compliment. I'd have loved to have known your old grandpa. I'd love to worship with your old grandpa. I'd love to heard your old grandpa preach the Bible. Hallelujah. Preach it hot. Preach it with power, unction, and anointing. Hallelujah. I belong to that old man's church. I'm cut in the same mold. I'm framed by the same carpenter. Yes, sir. He has the same father as I do. Read that book at what was birthed by God in the upper room, honey. They weren't cowards. They turned the world upside down. Who were they preaching to? Peter's first message, he said, you murdered the prince of life, but God raised him from the dead and has made him both Lord and Christ. At one time, they were hiding behind locked door. Cowards, but when the Holy Ghost came, he went outside. Strong. Our leaves don't fade in wintertime. Amen. Powerful. A blessed man is a holy man. A blessed man will be a strong man. A blessed man will be a fruitful man. 
bringing forth his fruit in due season. Oh, yes. Somebody said, man, church at one time had a few more people in it than it does now. But that don't mean we didn't grow. You ever heard of addition by subtraction? You ain't ever heard of that, have you? That's God's way of growing sometimes. The Bible said when the Lord has a vine and he wants it to grow, what did he do, Brother Bob? He cut it back. Prune it. Cut the limbs off of it because if he don't, that old limb won't put on any more fruit. But if he cuts that one back, uh, it'll come out with two or three or four new shoots. uh, And every new shoot uh, will produce life. I want to tell you, if this is old for you, if this is old news, if this is Paul's religion, best chances are there ain't no fruit on your vine. Hey! But if you're still making an altar and the Lord's still revealing to you just like he did when you got born again, if the Bible's not dull and boring, but it's to you the word of life. Hallelujah! God's speaking and fruit's coming out of it. Hard times, difficult times, problems, tests, and trials, he's pruning on you. God cutting you back. Even the Apostle Paul that wrote 13 epistles in that Bible right there, that's eternal. God through him. He said, lest by the abundance of the revelation given unto me, I should be exalted above measure. God sent unto me a messenger of Satan who buffeted me, and I prayed the Lord deliver me from this. Oh God, take this away from me. And the Lord said, I ain't going to deliver you from this. I won't answer that prayer. I won't take troubles and trials and tribulations off of you. But my grace is going to be sufficient for you. God said, I'm going to cut you back. I'm going to prune on you until I call you home. You're going to bear fruit. I'm going to show you the great things that you'll suffer for my name's sake. He said, you'll bear fruit. And he said, some 30 old, some 60 old, and some 100 fold. How fruitful do you want to be? How fruitful do you want your vine to be? How fruitful do you want to be? He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water. Just how who whose leaf will not wait or fade or wither, and who shall bring forth fruit in due season? I don't know about you, but the later it is, and with all the trees that are out there fading and withering, and Jesus came and seen a fig tree and thought he would get him a little something to eat, brother Eddie, and there wasn't nothing to eat on it. He cursed that tree. Why do you want to cumber up the ground anymore? You claim to be a tree that's going to give me fruit uh, and there ain't no fruit uh, 
Just quit standing there. Just quit existing. Ain't no wonder to me why churches and denominations are folding up. Just as sure as God is a God of blessing, I'll tell you, he won't allow an organization or a church to stand in his way forever. Out of a hociende. He won't allow a man or a man's ministry to get in his way either. You're either going to be fruitful or God will cut you down. Amen. Why cumber up this thing, the ground any longer? The Lord said, well, let me dig around it and let me fertilize it one more year. And then if it don't bring forth any fruit, we'll just cut that thing down. I'd hate to know I was living in the last of the last days when God was looking for a man or a woman full of the Holy Ghost. Somebody that can be the vessel of God. Somebody that can be an agent of revival. And I'm just standing in the way. Nope. I want my, I want uh, some fruit hanging from the vine. It ain't just enough to be a, be a member of the church. I've got to be a fruitful member. It ain't just enough. Why did Jesus take with him Peter and James and John everywhere? They were the ones up on the Mount of Transfiguration. They were the ones with him in the Garden of Gethsemane. They were the ones that were always with him. Peter and James and John. And the Bible said, your Bible said, God is no respecter of person. I asked the Lord, Brother Daniel, why, Lord, if you're no respecter person, do you always have Peter and James and John and the rest of them are at the base of the mountain while they're up there with you on the Mount of Transfiguration? He said, they all could have been with me on the Mount. They all could have been with me in the Garden of Gethsemane. Amen. The Bible, God saying, I love them that love me. Well, I thought God so loved the world. I thought God loved everybody the same. He does, but God will be a debtor to no man. You ain't going to outgive God. And I ain't taking up an offering while I'm telling you that. If you love God and love God and love God and love God, a man that climbs is going to be higher than the man sitting in his, in his recliner. Oh yeah, a man that'll make an altar and pray and pray and pray. A man or woman whose delight is in the law of God. And in that law do they meditate day and night. Don't talk to me that God loves him more. No, no. Somebody asked Brother Clinton, he said, Get the Bible said God's no respecter of person, but when I read the book of Acts, it seems like God blessed them more than he blessed us. That God did more and greater miracles for them than he's doing for us. He said, sure he did, son. He said, how can that be? He's no respecter of person. Said, that's easy. They loved him more than we do. They gave all. Every man gave all that he had, all of his possessions. They gave it all to the church, and they just shared everything common. 
you ask somebody today to give their all to God, what you talking about? I gave my tenth. That, that thieving preacher, that's all the preachers want. They all want our money. Some of them do. Some of them do. Hallelujah. Brother Brian said he Texas years ago preaching a funeral. He said he got the call, got asked to preach a funeral. He said, I got me a message ready. I didn't know this family very well. He said, I was acquainted with them, didn't know them very well. Sitting on the platform, said, son's going to say something over his daddy before I preach the message. He said, son got up there and he said, my daddy loved God. My daddy loved the Bible. My daddy didn't care nothing about no church. My daddy didn't care anything about hearing no preacher preach. Daddy always said, all preachers want is your money. Brian said, I come that close to standing up and walking off the platform and said, well then, you don't need me. Your daddy surely don't need me. To put his body in the ground. That's right. Mm -hmm. Amen. That's right. <laughs> Amen. That's just the way the, do you know, most funerals now, I talked to Sister Becky's sister. I see her from time to time at the funeral home, but it used to be the slim minority, but the majority of funerals now are secular funerals. Right. What does that mean? Godless funerals. Oh, it don't mean that God's not mentioned. Just means there ain't no preacher, there ain't no Bible. Their buddies get up and talk good stories. Hey, we like to go out to the bar. We like Bud Budweiser and having a good time. And we like to doing this. We like to fish. We like to hunt. Uh, he was my good buddy, and I know he's with the good Lord. And God was never a part of the equation. I want to tell you, that's the way you lived. That's the way you're going to die. The Bible said uh, where a tree falls uh, is where it lies. Uh, you ain't going to pick it up and replant it uh, and make it fall the other way. You live lost uh, and die lost. Uh, you're going to be lost. Ain't no preacher can change that for you. Oh, I, wanna, I, I said all that to say this. Uh, I don't want to be just an average uh, church goer. Just an any everyday ordinary Joe. Somebody that you, well, I believe he made it. I want to take the I believe out of the equation. Yeah. I want to yeah. just wipe out all the mystery of, of, of who I love and under whom my heart belongs. I live in this world for Jesus alone. It's him or nothing for me. You can take the whole world. Give me Jesus. I'm here to be fruitful. If I don't see any fruit in my own life, it don't take the Holy Ghost being grieved. I'm grieved. If I don't see any fruit in my life, God help me if he's got to send a preacher 
A message in tongues and interpretation or a personal word of prophecy to say thou art a man. If there's no fruit on the holiness in my life, if I don't see Jesus in my walk with God, I am grieved. If my... If at the very least, I want everybody to get saved. But if they don't get saved, if they at least didn't feel convicted of their sin, and I'm grieved. If the saints of God didn't feel unction, anointing, joy, victory, power, I'm grieved. If when we worship, nothing happens, but it's dry as a popcorn sandwich every Sunday, I'm grieved. Why? Because we're fruitful people. A blessed man is a holy man. He's a strong man. And he's a fruitful man. And if he's not, Somewhere he's been cut off from that river. You get cut off from that river. I want to tell you, fruit ain't hanging on the vine anymore. If it don't ever rain, your roots going to dry up. Your tree, your branch, your vine is going to die. Well, if y'all wouldn't speak in tongues, if y'all wouldn't shout, God's not deaf. You don't need to holler. The hollering ain't for God's benefit. The hollering's for mine. <laughs> Hallelujah. That's all about me. Don't disparage me from doing that. No, no. Not if you like Alabama football. Not if you like Auburn football. Not if you like baseball or basketball. Not if you high-five your buddy at the hunting camp when you knock that big buck down. Don't disparage me when I'm here. The Holy Ghost keeping me alive. And I throw that leg up. Hey, hallelujah to God. Don't disparage the old man. I remember church was real young. Brother uh, Wayne's daddy was with me in this church when we started. He sat right there on the front. I'd preach. He'd get so happy. He'd move his feet up. He's real jittery anyway. Nervous kind of. He, he'd, he'd hold the end of that pew in his feet. He couldn't stand no more. He said, my God, that's my God. Please, you help me. You help me. Do <laughs> his hands. Woo. You help me. You're helping me. He'd sit back down and beat me. I was a preaching one Sunday morning. I mean the Holy Ghost come down in this house. I'm talking about being fruitful even in your old age. Amen. Amen. Holy Ghost came down. I felt it and let a little shout. It must have come whipped around me and hit brother, hit brother Ray on that front row. I'm telling you, he jumped up, and I mean a quick lap around this church. My hands, woo, woo, woo. Come 
It didn't bother me at all. I just kept right on preaching. Shouted with him a few times. There's a man in here. I'm going to tell you. He is wanting to climb. He's wanting to be somebody in the church. And I wanted him to grow. I wanted him to have as much of God. But I want to tell you. His, his mindset was run this place like you run a business. Like, you run, like they do at Disney World. Give people what they want. Hey, we need to get this family in here because they can play and sing like nobody else. Never mind. They were carnal as a billy goat. It matters how you live. Blessed is the man who walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly. Oh, I'm going to say this, and it always makes somebody mad. I don't need the best piano player. Just one that's anointed. Just one that loves God with heart, mind, body, and soul. I ain't interested if they playing karaoke in a bar on Saturday night. Me and Jesus got our own thing going. We don't need anybody to tell us what it's all about. That's old George Jones. Man, I mentioned that the other week. <laughs> I was on YouTube the other day. After I watched my video, you know, another, you know, a recommended video will pop up. God is my witness. I just preached it. Recommended video popped up. George Jones, me and Jesus. Got our own thing going. I, I hit play and I told Kim, I said, listen to this. We don't need anybody to tell us what it's all about. That's just one thing about old George. Him and Jesus might have had their own thing going. But if you preach to him and God wanted to prune that branch and tell him, stay out of the bar, stay out of the honky-tonk, lay the whiskey and the beer and the cigarettes down, be true to your wife and quit running around, it's all over with then, honey. I felt that. I hit me one of them deep stumps. Mm. Hallelujah. Amen. That's all right. I hope George made it. I've talked to some people that says he got witness. He's no stranger to it. I hope George made it. I ain't against him. I'm just saying I don't need somebody right here. It's got their own thing going. But in his law, Doth he or she meditate day and night? Anointed in love with God is the, is the key qualification for a man or a woman of God. I know there's people that can play better. I know there's people that can sing better. God demands fruit. And a good tree don't bring forth evil fruit. And an evil tree don't have no good fruit. Amen. I got to quit. I preached a long time for a Wednesday night. If you let me, I'd preach a lot longer. Come on, Kirsten, help me. 
But I want you to live close to God. Peter and James and John, always with him. The Lord said to me, they're with me because they wanted to be. Because every time I stopped, they were bumping into me. Every time I turned around, they were on my coattail. Two of them boys was so hot on its trail that they even got their mama. Lord, when you enter into your kingdom, one of my boys wants to be on your right and the other wants to be on your left. And the rest of them, Brother Daniel, got mad. Who do they think they are? Nobody. Just ignorant and unlearned fishermen that know Jesus is the best thing that ever happened to them and they'd be lost without him and they want to soak up as much as they can possibly soak up. I want everything God's got for me. When I got born again, I wanted to get closer to God and the first act of God in my life make me fall in love with the Bible. I bought me a reading Bible, and then somebody told me, well, that's good. That's a good reading Bible. I said, what do you mean reading Bible? Just a reading Bible for when you want to read through. You ain't, you're just reading. But when you study, digging, running cross-references, I mean, you know, study to show thyself approved unto God. A workman that needeth not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Study. Get you a study Bible. I said, well, what's that? Somebody introduced me to the full life study Bible. Pentecostal commentary. Content articles. I mean, my God, I fell in love with that Bible. I marked in it, highlighted it, underlined it, circled, wrote in the margins, wrote all in the leaf pages, that Bible was so worn and tattered. Old Raphael came, was with me for three years. I discipled that boy, poured everything I was in him. He had to go back home to Ecuador. And he watched me with that Bible. He'd see me study it. He'd get my Bible sometime and read it. He said, Brother Eddie, you have many messages in this Bible. Many thoughts, many revelations from God or in this Bible. I said, many, I said, many hours have my eyes been attached to those pages. Many tears have dropped over those pages, son. All oh, the life of God has flowed from that book into me. I said, that book has been everything to me. He said, Brother Eddie, I have one favor to ask of you. I said, anything. Really not anything, but you know, anything, sure. He said, when I go back to Ecuador, he said, I'd like to have your Bible. I said, no way, Jose. You can have nearly anything I got, but you ain't having my Bible. Please, brother, Eddie, this Bible is special. It's got all your favorite scriptures marked. It's got all these thoughts and Ideas and messages you preach. There's no Bible that would be like this Bible. 
I said, I'll go to the Bible bookstore. We'll buy you one just like it. Put your own marks in it and let God talk to you and give your own, oh, please let me have this Bible. Ain't happening, no way. I went home that night, uh, laid down in that bed. Uh, you know what happened. Holy Ghost said, no, you go get you a new Bible. Make new marks. Let me give you new thoughts and new ideas and new messages. You'll never exhaust my riches. Be brand new all over again. Love me tomorrow like you loved me back in 93 when you got born again. Love me like that. And your second Bible will be as marked as your first Bible is. Fruit! God must love me more than he loved all them other people at Forts Lake because I'm preaching. Man, I'm pastoring a church. I'm, not a bit does he love me more. And I'm going to tell you, when I got saved, I started back there in the back. Something lit in me. I moved about where Brother Wayne was at. Wouldn't stop burning Brother Wayne. I wanted to get closer. I needed more. I was raised in this but never partook of this. You know, I never ate collard greens in my life till I pastored. That's because collard greens didn't look good. Collard greens didn't smell good. So in my mind, collard greens wasn't going to taste good. I went to somebody's house and they said, here you go, pastor made you a plate. And said, I know you're going to like my collard greens because can't nobody fix them like I can. I said, Come on. They sat down and waited for me to take the first bite of collard greens. I put that fork into them collard greens, put it up to my mouth. I'm thinking, oh, God, help me get these things down. I swallowed those turnip greens and my taste buds come alive. And I thought, you're an idiot. You've cheated yourself out of this your whole life. Those things were awesome. And I still like collard greens today. I moved about to where Brother Wayne was and still burning. I want more, sir. I love the word. That's fruit. Then I started loving the preacher. Man, I wanted to hang around preachers. The pastor, late preachers, retired preachers. I wanted to go hear other preachers preach, evangelists, revivals, camp meetings. I, I, was, I wanted to be good to preachers when they passed the offering plate. I tried with Eddie my best to best bless the preacher because he's blessing me. My grandpa was one. I just didn't realize what he was till he was nearly gone. Fruit. I moved to that front row. I said, you need to get back there with your wife. Help her with them two kids that's got her pinned down. I said, me and my wife got us an understanding. Wasn't, Caleb wasn't here yet. Me and my wife's got an understanding. Them two girls give you any trouble, you give them to me. I'm going to plant one on my knee and the other right beside me. And I promise you, they won't make a peep. They won't make a sound. And many a revival. Kim was working and I got off and me and the girls, me and them two girls, they knew the routine. 
going to be a ponytail tonight, baby. I don't know how to fix all them little dolly pretty hairdos. Uh, we putting a ponytail and a bow in and we going to revival. On that front row we had sat uh, caving on my knee and cursing beside me. Now, your, your girls are so well behaved. You didn't have to get up one time. I don't know what in the world you do. I said, well, they know what's coming when they get home. If they don't know how to act in church, they know daddy's here. He's going to be here. We may as well enjoy the ride. Front row. Hallelujah to God. Front row in the splash zone with two little girls. Yeah. Amen. I don't mind. You want to take them to the nursery? Mine never went they was on the front row with me because her daddy was hungry. I wanted to be where it was hot. And I didn't care if they got burned. I took Kirsten to Brother Joe Welch's shirt. I know I told, told you I didn't preach too long. I ain't preaching now. Testify. <laughs> I took Kirsten to Brother Joe Welch's church with me. Up in Bamonet, I was preaching the mornings. Marshall Adcox preaching the nights. So I got home for the morning service. Kim said, I am tired of her mouth. I am tired of her attitude. I am tired of her not doing a word or a thing that I tell her to do. She is yours. She's getting ready. And she's going back to church with you tonight. I've had enough. Oh, mama, please, please. I said, you know, mama, please. You might as well go in there and get the bath. Get your church clothes on. You going to church with me. Don't know how to act and behave. You're going to camp meeting. I brought her to camp meeting as punishment. Time out for the whole two and a half hours of church. That's right. Brother Marshall preached. He preached on that girl. They made dance before Herod. You, tell, you put some scanty and Tyson clothes on, baby. You get to dancing in front of Herod, and I know him. He's going to offer you anything you want. You tell him your mama wants John the Baptist's head brought to her in a charger. Why? Because she didn't like it because John preached to her. Not lawful for you to have your brother's wife. She didn't like it, and she wanted that preacher dead. Brother Marshall preached that night. I wonder what that girl wanted. I wonder what that little girl would have wanted had her mama not told her to ask him for what she wanted. I wonder if you'd ask that little girl what she would have wanted. She might would have said, Mama, I kind of like the idea of you and Daddy getting back together. Mama, I wish we was in church. I wish we went to that man's church. I'm telling you, a, a conviction came on young people that night. He gave the altar call. Kirsten was sitting there on the pew. I went down and I started praying for a young man that was kneeling down. I wasn't praying, but I don't know, five or ten minutes. And I heard this high-pitched little squeal, little cry squeal. I turned around to look, and about three or four of them ladies were standing around cursing, praying for her, laying hands on her. God, oh my. Eleven years old, 
there at church because she's being disciplined. She's being punished. Made to go to church with her daddy, 11 years old. Crying and squealing. Speaking in tongues. Hallelujah to God. She's my worship leader tonight. It do you good to be fruitful because your children just might reach up and grab a hold They can don't fall too far from the trees, what they say. Mom and daddy's fruitful somewhere, somebody in that family. They're full of the Holy Ghost, not by accident, honey. Fruit. It's fruit. Stand with me tonight. Hallelujah. Well, I'd just be foolish to apologize for preaching so long. Somebody said, if you're sorry, you'd shut up 30 minutes ago. I'm sorry, but I ain't sorry. This thing's been on simmer for two weeks. I'm in a blessed church. I'm a blessed man. And I want everybody under the sound of my voice to be blessed men and women. My God, I want your children saved. I want your grandchildren not just saved, but I want them to speak with other tongues. I want them to be full of the Holy Ghost. I want preachers to come out of your loins. Hallelujah to God. How's that going to be? Fruit. Holy, strong, and fruitful. The blessed man. Somebody throw your hands up and say, Lord, bless me. Bless me tonight. Come on, men as well. Let's find us a place in this altar tonight. Let's let the Lord bless us. Let's leave this house blessed tonight. Hallelujah to God. Tell the Lord, I'm ready, Lord. I'm ready for fruit to hang from the vine. There's something there that needs to be trimmed back. You just pruned it on back, Lord. I'm ready for some new growth. Some new shoots to spring forth. Power. Victory. Joy. <laughs> Hallelujah to God.